Siesta Key, Sarasota, Florida, March 2019. Mural stands on the beach facing a private beachfront property, the gigantic home of Heinrich Gruvenmeister, a corporate mogul who made his fortune in the auto industry. Heinrich's daughter approaches Mural from the house. Hilda bounces down the hill from the house, flying like Brunhilde. What the hell are you doing here? This is a private beach. Magnificent. I'm awestruck. Heinrich did well for himself. I'm Meryl, Meryl Halpern. I'm a guest of someone further down the beach. You might know him. He's a Mark Twain impersonator. He did a personal appearance at your father's corporation. Are you Heinrich's daughter, Hilda Gruvenmeister? How do you know about me? Facebook. I dated your father in my freshman year of college. I like to check up on old boyfriends, see what they're up to, see what I've missed out on. I looked him up. I saw his obituary online. His death is hitting us hard. Yes, what a shame. Only 68. He meant a lot to me back then when I was 17. I was very smart, very young, and very hot. My nickname was the Carnegie Melons, so I heard. I didn't make it past the freshman year. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, you know. Dad was a very brilliant man and very charismatic. Oh, yeah. A real heartbreaker. Just ask my mother. His first wife. He called her Kitten. Well, did you know that? Heinrich and I were lovers. I was in his dorm room when he spoke to her on the phone, his high school sweetheart. She went to Kent State, right? There was a shooting. The wind blows Meryl's hair. I have something for you. Heinrich gave it to me. It's windy here on the beach. Uh, Can we go up to the house? I guess so. My stepmother, Ling, is at the Grubenmeister Foundation. She's working on a memorial program for my father. He is about to receive a very prestigious award. Come on up. I, I guess it can't hurt. They climb the hill to the house. Yes, I read about this prize in the Suncoast Times. They enter a huge hallway with a winding staircase up to the bedrooms. A vast living room with windows, floor to ceiling, overlooks the ocean. They pass a series of photographs of the Grufenmeister men. Heinrichs is the largest. 
Meryl sees him as he was as an older man and remembers his youthful image. She chuckles to herself. They sit in plush chairs behind a coffee table. Hilda pours some lemon water. Would you like a coffee, tea? My stepmother Ling stocks a large variety of teas. Your dad preferred coffee. He also liked Southern comfort or cheap wine. We once got very drunk on Tiger Rose. It was Halloween and I wore a dirndl like a German machen. And he wore a Fu Manchu costume. For an engineer, Heinrich had a real theatrical flair. Some of his best friends were, well, you fill in the blank. Jewish? I was going to say theater majors, or dramats, as we were called at college. He did actually say that to me once. Some of my best friends are Jewish. Do I look Jewish to you? Maybe. The hair gives it away. But look into my eyes, darling, the bluest, like the turquoise sea. They called me the original blue eyes. <laughs> you said they called you the Carnegie Melons. Both. I had very dark, curly, long hair, not blonde, and that gave it away. Yeah, you look like you could be a Jewess. Hilda, I've heard you sing opera online. You've got quite a voice, and you're also funny. I saw your band do the Beatles song back in the USSR. Your father and I opened the White Album. Hot off the press, after Christmas break, we listened and fucked. We listened to Beethoven's Sixth, too. Oh, he was a real music lover. He never mentioned you. I doubt he even remembered you. Well, I was GBW. Well, what's GBW? Gone before winter, or technically gone at Christmas. He dumped me and started dating my roommate. Did he date her on purpose to make me feel bad? Well, I wondered. She was a horse-faced, skinny blonde. I was told by one of his frat house buddies that they met at church. One day I picked up the phone in the hallway of the dorm and I heard his voice on the other end. Is Krista Bowler there? And I said, this is Meryl, you asshole. Don't you recognize my voice? And I hung up. What are you doing here? Did you say you had something for me? Do you have any wine? I will take a glass of wine. Red or white? Red. German. Hilda crosses to a bar trolley stocked with fine German wines and pours Meryl a glass and pours one for herself, then sits. You don't mention your father much on your Facebook page. Just a tiny line about his death embedded somewhere about an opera production of Madame Butterfly. What attracted you to Madame Butterfly? Look, what's your angle? What do you want from me? Aren't you curious about his past? How did you get along with him? He once said to me, I'm not an easy man to live with. And we're just talking about a dorm room. Hilda is clearly irritated. She takes a long sip of wine. Madam Butterfly, why? The story, cross-cultural, it's timely. Like Heinrich and your stepmother Ling. In the opera, the Asian woman kills herself 
Your stepmother, Ling, is Asian. Do you wish she were dead? Kind of Freudian. I like that. You've got chutzpah. Look, you! Calm down. Maybe I can help you. Oh, really? You're ridiculous. <laughs> you help me? Really, Hildy? Did he call you that? Just a guess. He liked pet names. Oh, my God. He called me Fleisch Kloss. Fleisch Kloss? Meatball. <laughs> oh, he called me Mountain Woman to his frat house buddies. Do you have anything to eat? Tarts? I love those German tarts. Linzer tarts and wine. Divine. Hilda pulls a tray of assorted German cookies out of a drawer. She offers it to Meryl, who takes two and stuffs them in her mouth. Hilda takes two cookies and stuffs them in her mouth. They both finish at the same time. Your stepmother, Ling, is very thin. You're kind of zoftic. When Heinrich teased you about your weight, called you meatball, how did it make you feel? Shut the fuck up! Did you ever do drugs? Yes, no. Not anymore. But you did once. I have got my shit together now. Hilda takes a long drink of wine. Just wine occasionally. I've been eating. I don't know. You feel lost without Heinrich? What happened to Kitten? My mom died of cancer a few years ago. What about your stepmother? Do you get along with her? I'm here, right? My stepmother, Ling, doesn't show her emotions. She sucks it up. My stepsister, Mari, is like Ling, her mother. I am not supposed to express any emotion around them. Listen, Hilda. Heinrich meant a lot to me. When he rejected me, he broke my spirit. I had to repair myself, and he had a way of sizing women up that was evil. Are you calling my father evil? It's because he's German, right? You're such a cliche. You mean a stereotype, a stereotype of someone who is Jewish. Now you throw me out of the house. Don't you want to see what I've got for you? Why didn't you mail it? You don't live around here, do you? I'm from New York. Show me what you've got in the bag. Then you can leave. Let me tell you a few things first. I'm here to help you. I don't mean to harm you. At first, he was my hero. We were going to break the mold. He was a good one. In my mind, we would right the evils of the Nazis. But I was mistaken. I was living in a fog. He was a Svengali. But because of my race, I was doomed to the imperfections of my kind. What the hell are you talking about? Heinrich Grubenmeister was the kindest, most generous man, a wonderful father. 
On your Facebook page, there's one tiny mention about his death. You were practically dancing on his grave. Oh, goddamn the Facebook page. I was promoting an opera. I was living my dream. He encouraged me. He only said good things in front of you. What did he say about you behind your back? Nothing. I am not you. Everywhere you look, you are faced with your own dilemma. You see evil. I see what is there. What do you have in that bag? What gift do you have for me? You know, I think this was a mistake. I hope the memorial program and the receiving of the prize goes well. I can speak about all this later. Let him get the award, and then I'll go public with his college chicaneries. Tell me, did he ever say to you when he sat you on his knee, meatball, you're getting fat, like that, fat, first syllable up, second down, fat. Fuck you. Book, tut, tut, that's no way for a lady to talk. Do you want to hear how we met? Yes? No, no answer. Okay, I'll tell you. We met in a frat house. My friend Samantha convinced me to go. Hilda listens despite herself. Samantha and I smoke pot on the way to the frat house. Picture this. I'm dancing on the frat house dance floor. It's dark and strobe lights are going. He comes up behind me and whispers, are you alone? (laughs) Oh my God, you sound just like him. I heard the German accent. Are you alone? That sends chills up my spine and not the good kind. I turned around. It's dark except for the strobe lights. I see a guy of medium height with a German army hat on. He's wearing a leather motorcycle jacket. On the back is a snake making the Chinese symbol of the Tao, yin yang. My mom hated that jacket. But your Chinese stepmother likes it. Heinrich and Ling were destined for each other. I saw them together on Facebook in a picture taken at the foundation. He was wearing that jacket. The symbol of the Tao was in fashion back then. The West's fixation on Eastern philosophy. But Heinrich was a child of Nietzsche and Wagner. The cult of the Superman. The opposite of the yin-yang. Go on, what happened then? He steered me off the dance floor, too impatient to dance with me. I noticed he was broad-shouldered and slightly hunched over. Turned out he was on the wrestling team. His legs were kind of spindly. He placed me on a couch in the lounge like a regular lounge lizard, a sleazy European, but gentlemanly. 
I was wearing a tight sweater, a short skirt, and fishnet stockings. He stroked my thigh and whispered in my ear, You are a lady, a beautiful lady. I don't remember how long it took him to get me into his bed. He'd call me up at the dorm for dates. He drove me around in his Carmen Ghia or on his motorcycle. His father owned a corporation in the car industry, Germany and the USA. We had that in common. My father had a manufacturing corporation, too. When we made love, he played Beethoven's sixth on his sound system. He had a Moog synthesizer upon which he composed weird electronic music. People heard it in the hallway and they'd think, that's Heinrich on his synthesizer. He was athletic in bed, and he was my first real lover. Okay, enough. Don't you want to hear about me and Heinrich? He was two-timing your mother with me. Give me what's in the bag and go. I think you'll want to hear more. I was on the birth control pill. Everyone was. I was only 17. You could get them downtown. A friend of mine, another acting major, gave me the name of the doctor. Yeah, yeah, women's lib, burn your bras, women and men equal, down with the double standard. You weren't a whore, you were a free woman. That's what I thought. But guys were not on the same page. They laughed at us, condescended and abused, and drugged us. They were breaking the law. But it was consensual. Here's the thing. He gave me LSD against my will. He was producing it in the chemistry lab. He lied and said it was just a little pink pill. You took the little pink pill? I didn't know what it was. And I specifically said, I didn't want acid. He lied to me. I had a bad trip. I hallucinated, and I was terrified. When I looked into his face, he became the werewolf. The ceiling cracked. I smacked his face. I was so angry at him. He smacked his face? No wonder he shit-canned you. He drugged a 17-year-old. Well, it was your fault. You should have said no. He drugged a 17-year-old freshman girl when he was over 21 and a doctoral student. He preyed on freshman girls. He climbed Mountain Woman. Sound familiar? Ring a bell? Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh? Look what it did to him. A woman from his past came forward and subjected him to public humiliation for the wrongdoings of his youth. Hilda lunges at Meryl, attempting to choke her. Meryl pushes her away. Back off. You're drunk. Pull yourself together, meatball. Hilda lands in her chair and covers her face with her hands. Mari, Heinrich and Ling's daughter, enters the living room. Hi, hi. I'm running. Mop's waiting for me in the car. She forgot her glasses. Have you seen them? I really don't know where they are. You have a friend. I'll be right back. Check her night table. Listen, don't say anything to Mari. Our father just died. Why, why don't you leave now? 
And run into your stepmother. She's parked outside. Wait till they go, and then you can leave us in peace. We'll see. Damn it. Mari returns with a wine glass and a bottle of wine. Mari pours herself a glass of wine and sits on a chair facing Meryl. I need a break. I'm exhausted. What's your friend? More wine? Sure. Mari refills Meryl's wine glass. Oh, uh, she's a guest of some people down the beach. You know, the old guy who does the Twain impersonation. Uh, she was admiring the house, and I asked her in for a drink. He's just leaving. I knew your father in college. I was sorry to hear of his passing. She really can't stay. We have a lot to do, and she's already... No, stay. I like to hear about his news. If Dad were alive, you wouldn't know who she was. What is your name? My name is Meryl. Meryl Halpern. Meryl? Meryl Halpern? Meryl Halpern? What? You know who she is? She was the devastating beauty who broke his heart. He told you that? She looked like the Botticelli Grace. He had her on the Hudson. Whoa, that was one of his lines. Why would he tell that to you, Mari? Dad and I had a special relationship. I am named after you, the Jewish goddess Meryl. Mari? Meryl? See the connection? I'm speechless. Good. I wanted if you had ever shut up. Don't be Matilda. Tell her why you're here, Meryl. Yes, what's on your mind? Uh, I I came... I she came has evil intentions. She wants to smear Dad's reputation with some meat-poo bullshit. But Dad spoke so highly of you. That's not how she tells it. You want to hear it? Go ahead, Meryl. Tell what you told me. Well, I I hardly know where to start. Because your mind is a stick. She flunked out of college, she got distracted by sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and she thinks it's Heinrich's fault. Right, Amiro? Hilda, can you get us some more water? Hilda exits. Your mind is not a sieve. He thought you had a good mind. He said you played the piano beautifully. After he finished his ship as a dishwasher in the girls' dorm, he'd come up through the lobby and see you playing the piano in your crimson robe. Your long dark hair flowing. Hilda returns with a tray of glasses filled with ice water and lemons. She gives a glass to Meryl and Mari and takes one for herself. Meryl sits her water. He'd sit beside you on the beach and stroke your hair, tell you how beautifully you played. Yes, it's true. He did. So what went wrong, Mirror? She accused him of a bunch of unbelievable things. He dabbed in the occult. At college, he stayed a black mass outdoors in Shenley Park at night, complete with animal sacrifice. I think he used a live chicken. Yes, I was there. My friend Samantha was the Vestal Virgin. He slit the chicken's throat and poured the blood all over her, and she was screaming. Well, such things were fashionable back then. You know that crazy leather jacket he has? Oh, not that jacket again. My mom hated it. 
<laughs> he charmed women with that European accent. And he had quite a shtick going for himself. He was a cross between James Dean and Oscar Werner. You know, like in the movie Ship of Fools, Oscar mm-hmm. Werner plays a doctor who gives heroin injections to poor Simone Signoret, the drug addict. Countess on the boat headed toward Germany with the dwarf, the Jews, and the Mexicans. <laughs> you have wonderful imagination, Muriel. Heinrich appreciate that. He had so many friends in the theater. What are you talking about? This woman has incriminating evidence against him. She claims that Dad drugged her. Oh, no, I don't believe it. Show us what's in the bag, Meryl. You probably have nothing that would hold up in a court of law. This was 1968. Statue of limitations. I don't know what he told you, Mari. I'm not even sure I believe you when you say all these flattering things about me. Trust me, I am telling you the truth. What did he call his first wife? What was her pet name? What was the pet name he gave to Hilda's mother? I don't know. We didn't talk about such things. Kitten. He called my mom Kitten. Okay, Kitten. Whatever. You see how manipulative he was. He destroyed women through flattery and attention. He was a two-faced liar. You learned well from him, Mari. You are making things up. You are calling me a liar? What reason would he have to tell you about me? Your mother Ling would be hurt to know he named you after an old lover. She must be a doormat. <laughs> You've got that right. At least she wasn't a bitch. More like actor, pussy. Hey, shut up. My mother was not a bitch. No, you shut up. My mom is not a doormat. <laughs> ladies, ladies, calm down. Hilda and Mari sit down quickly. Ling enters. Hi, hi. We have company. Hi, I'm Meryl. Meryl Halpern. Oh, should I know you? I, I heard about your husband's death, and I'm very sorry. I'm an old friend of Heinrich's. Your daughters have been so kind to me, and I won't take up your time. They can tell you about me. <laughs> uh, but before I leave, I want to give you this gift. Meryl pulls a box out of her bag and gives it to Ling. It's from your neighbor, the Mark Twain impersonator. I'm a friend of his visiting from New York. He just came back from his sojourn on the Mississippi, and he brought you this box of pecan pralines from New Orleans. He asked me to deliver them to you and to say that he sends his condolences. Merrill exits quickly from the Grovenmeister house and walks down to the beach. Merrill is clearly shaken up by her encounter with Heinrich's family. She is heading back to her friend's house, the Mark Twain impersonator, otherwise known as Arthur. Hello, Mira, it's Heinrich. Heinrich, how can it be you? You're dead. Yes, I am dead. But it turns out you Jews were correct. After death, the soul hovers over the earth and loved ones can feel their presence and communicate with the newly departed soul. After a period of time, the soul joins with Adonai, or God, and becomes one. 
Shema Yisrael Adonai Elohim Rick, what the fuck? You're saying the holiest Jewish prayer? And, and what happened to your German accent? It's gone. I was cleansed of all my earthly sins and the sins of my forebears. The Nazi catastrophe is all gone from me now. I am free to join God in heaven. Are you able to hear conversations of the living? Yes, and I am disappointed in all of you. But aren't you most ashamed of yourself? Not anymore. I am cleansed of remorse. It's you who have to figure out what to do. In other words, you're off the hook. Yes. Back then, I was enthralled by the philosophy of A.R.O. Raj. I spouted his theories. Yes, yes, yes. That Nazi third-rate, not even misogynistic anti-Semite. You sent me his essay on love, do you remember? I was beneath you. You married Kitten, and I married Peter, my rebound boyfriend after you, who I met in your dorm. He was the opposite of you, kind, gentle, considerate. We got married that summer right before I turned 18. But I was still thinking about you, and one day I called you. I was stoned, and I wanted to hear your voice. I called to say I still had feelings for you. Yes, I remember. I was shocked to hear your voice again. You probably didn't even recognize my voice. Oh, yes, I did. Your voice is unmistakable. Did you recall our brief affair? What made you end it? You got violent. You were unstable. You slapped my face. I was tripping. That's no excuse. I thought you were a werewolf. Your face became monstrous. It's all in the mind. George Harrison. Miro, I'm dead. You are alive. You must forgive me. And you must forgive my ancestors. After all, not all of them voted for Hitler. That's true. I, I met an old German woman the other day whose mother voted for King Ludwig, although he might have come up with the final solution anyway. No, no, no. As the saying goes... It only takes one bad apple. And you're my bad apple. Let this be a lesson to you. Learn to accept what happened and look inside yourself for answers. You didn't turn out so bad, did you, Meryl? I knew you had talent for the piano, and look what you've accomplished. Now that I'm gone, I can see all that you've done. Countless pieces by great composers... Bach's well-tempered clavier from books one and two, Toccatas, French Suites, Inventions, Beethoven Sonatas, Brahms Intermezzi, Capriccios, Variations, Chamber Music, Chopin Etudes, Waltzes, Preludes, Mazurkas, Polonaise, Debussy Preludes, Image one and two, Rachmaninoff, Prokofiev, Bartok, Via Lobos, countless numbers of pieces, you are beautiful, a goddess. I, I was wrong not to see it. Meryl lays down on the sand, listening to Heinrich's voice fading away, looking up to the clouds in the sky, and she falls asleep. Twain appears above her, outlined against the clouds. Meryl! 
Mural, wake up. It's Twain. Who? It's Arthur. Your friend Arthur, better known as Twain. What happened? I must have passed out. Oh, I had the strangest experience. Good judgment is the result of experience, and experience is the result of bad judgment. And you sure showed some bad judgment in going over there to that house and messing with those women. And you took my pecan pralines. What? How did you know? Ling called to thank me for the pralines. She told me her stepdaughter Hilda spiked your water with tincture of opium, and that if you ever set foot on their property again, she'd shoot you. She said you threatened them. Are you okay? Sit up, dear. God, my head aches. That house was a really bad scene. It was weird, and I had to get out of there. But as I was getting back to your house, I get a call on my cell phone, and it's Heinrich calling me from the dead. We had an incredible conversation. He still loves me, Twain. He knows me now, and Heinrich Grubenmeister is Jewish now. He's going to join God very soon after he finishes hovering over the earth. You know, human beings can be awful cruel to one another. The thing is, in the end, remember, Meryl, forgiveness is the fragrance that the violet sheds on the heel that has crushed it. Ta! Huh. By the way, old fart. Just so you know. There'll be some truth-telling tonight in the Grubenmeister house. A regular Walpargischnacht, a la Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. How so? I slipped THC in those pralines. Why THC? Why not something more, I don't know, toxic? I am not a murderess. What was the point of you going over there at all? Some things are best left alone. Somehow I couldn't leave it alone. I, I was overcome with curiosity. I was inexplicably drawn to his home, his castle. He made me feel like a queen back then, and I blamed myself for being inadequate, and I blamed him for throwing me off balance and blowing my freshman year. I wanted to meet his family and reveal Heinrich for the stunk that he is, or was... Do you think they already knew about his college chicaneries? Mari said she knew about me, but she painted a rosy picture that seemed like bullshit. He didn't tell her he gave LSD to freshman girls. When you woke up just now from your dream, you were happy. What did you get from that conversation with Heinrich in that dream? Good question. What would Twain say? Let's see, what would Twain say? Heinrich drugged you with LSD or acid, and it messed you up. Oh, anger is an acid that can do more harm to the vessel in which it is stored than to anything on which it is poured. I'll take it. Apparently, some people will take anything.
And now, a word from our sponsor, Nellie Wilson's Reserve. When you take your first puff from a Nellie Wilson whole flower, no trim, half gram joint, there's a delighted response from your C-Zone. That's C for cannabis, the proving ground for any great joint. Your taste buds tell you you've made a wise selection. See how choice cannabis, superbly blended and properly aged, give Nellie Wilson's a rich, mellow flavor that's extra delightful. See if Nellie's own cool mildness isn't exactly what you've always wanted to suit your throat. Yes, millions say, Nellie Wilson's suits my C-Zone to a T. In fact, in a nationwide survey of cannabis preferences, three leading independent research organizations asked this question of 113,597 oncologists. What cannabis do you prescribe, doctor? The brand named most was Nellie Wilson's. So, whether it's a festival weekend, a night with the band, or vaping on the slopes, you're prepared with Nellie Wilson's Reserve. (laughs) 